Hey! So, a double bill on Tuesday saw Callum struggling with his feelings of self-blame, several Balam callbacks, and good husband Ben who's just trying to do what he thinks is best. In our first EP, it's a direct continuation of Monday Night, with Callum in a standoff against the mugger who's just nicked old Fitzy in the abdomen. Callum's order to put the knife down is panicky and desperate and doesn't really put much fear in the mugger, who threatens to do him too, who I say, Callum then moves closer to him, on the surface calling his bluff and trying to assert some authority with an implication about what would happen if the guy stabbed two coppers in one night, but I think it's more him wanting to assuage some of the guilt over, in his mind, being to blame for Fitzy getting stabbed. It reminded me of his standoff with Leo when he asked him about who he was visiting at the cemetery, but there was a confidence there that isn't really present in this scene. It's a reckless kind of goading towards someone who you know has the upper hand that is more Ben's style, and when Ben does it, he wants to get hurt. Only then does the mugger take off, he must enjoy the thrill of committing crimes and then hanging around afterwards, and instead of giving chase, Callum concentrates on Fitzy, crouching down to hold on to the wound and apologizing profusely. Fitz gives him the ring to give to his girlfriend, suggesting he thinks he's on his way out, and Callum scolds him for talking like that. He calls it in on his little police radio to get urgent assistance and then continues to hold on to the wound, telling Fitzy over and over again to breathe. For Callum it's one more instance of someone getting hurt instead of him, because of his choices. I'm sure it didn't escape many people's notice that Callum and Fitz were actually touching during that scene. Mostly because it's still so weird to see, despite the show's best attempts to make us forget about social distancing. They've done a few bubble situations where one character was leaving the show, Sharon slash Ian, Whitney slash Cush, and then for Ben and Callum, they went on their honeymoon not long after their bubble. I'm not sure if we're seeing Fitzy again, but even if we are, maybe this was the last thing the actor filmed so he'd have the time to isolate after filming if testing came back positive. And with the slower filming schedules, perhaps Callum's absence, to facilitate a possible isolation period for Tony, would be less noticeable. This is all speculation though, it's not clear exactly what their close contact procedures and if it's changed any since the first time they did it, or even if outdoor scenes are a little different now. Still, I find that kind of thing fascinating. In our next scene, Fitzy's being wheeled into the ambulance and we pan to Callum, who's sitting on the pavement, in front of the ambulance by the way, who will kind of need him to move in a minute, legs crossed and staring at a point in the distance. He likes sitting on pavements, doesn't he? It's an easy way to show vulnerability, and sitting like that gives off those childlike vibes. He's then approached by DCI Arthurs, a recurring cop character, who asks if they can talk. And when Callum rubs the inside of his eye, you can see the blood that's dried on his hands where he was trying to stop the bleeding. It's a bit of a strange jump to the next scene to be honest, because Arthurs is then approaching Callum again, who's moved to Dennis' bench in the gardens, and he informs him that Fitzy's in surgery. So where did he go after he asked Callum to talk? Did he mean could they talk in a bit? Because Fitz was in the ambulance a second ago and now he's in surgery. It's almost like the previous scene didn't exist. But anyway, despite telling Callum it's touch and go for Fitzy, Arthurs tries to assure Callum that he'll be alright because he's tough as old boots. He can obviously tell Callum is shaken because he suggests that once the forensics are done, Callum takes some time out. Not sure if that means a proper break from the police, or just the afternoon off. The depth of Callum's self-blame comes to light then as he talks about Fitzy's proposal plans, a symbol of his future, and how he ruined it by trying to prove something, and that if he doesn't make it then it's on Callum. 
There's bitterness as he says he should be used to it by now after all the other times he's had other people's blood on his hands, and not just in the army, but in the pub over the road too, a clear reference to the siege and Ben getting shot, especially at the mention of people I've loved, people I do love. Funny that that incident is the reason he thought about becoming a cop in the first place, and it's the scene that's most reminiscent of what happened with Fitzy, someone Callum cares about getting hurt as a result of what he believes are his choices and feeling it should have been him instead. Of course there are other times Callum's had to deal with people he loved slash loves bleeding out, Stuart shooting himself, his army mate Jason who lost his legs, which Callum blamed himself for, Mick, all slightly different situations but all bloodshed that Callum's witnessed and contributes to this feeling Callum has that no matter how many times he's in a situation like that, it never seems to get easier, and he's genuinely wondering why. Arthur's is pretty quiet until this point, and then Callum brings up the fact that he was thinking about quitting the police, but what is there to think about? Clearly it seems like he's going to do it, not feeling like he's helping people like he wanted, the opposite in fact. But the first thing Arthur seeks to reassure him about is that he's a good copper and they can't lose him. Now let's be real, Callum's copper skills are questionable, and I love him for that, so it just seems more like an attempt to try and get him to stay on the force because they need all the brute force they can get. He tries to make Callum see that he was just doing his job, like that will make him feel better, and then the kicker, which is to advise him that things will get easier if he just gives it time, that the feeling won't last. It's not an offer to actively help him like there was back when he was first on the scene to the car crash, it's an ignore it and it'll go away mentality, despite Callum's comment about feeling like it doesn't get any easier. And yeah, maybe Arthur's can't know about the extent of Callum's inner struggle, but he noticed enough to conclude that Callum wasn't quite right, so an offer to support him seems like it should have followed on from that, but it didn't. Maybe there's no drama in Callum simply getting help immediately like he should, but I also wonder if it's going somewhere, this lack of tangible support from the police. Arthur's leaves him to it, and as soon as he does, Whitney appears, noticing Callum's upset face and stopping to ask what's happened. It's the first we've seen of her since Gray chucked her out of the house after she went to see Cat in hospital, and there's no indication of how she's feeling about that whole situation, or indeed about the Mitchells after believing so fully that they were at fault and attempting to run Ben over. Perhaps she's approaching Callum out of guilt, because to be honest, it's a bit cheeky of her to ask after him otherwise, when she literally could have killed him few weeks ago. I'm not saying there isn't genuine worry there, but her attempts to kill Ben affect Callum personally, so there's just a bit of false pretenses going on. Callum doesn't want to talk about what happened though, already up from the bench and turning to leave, trying to brush off the incident as some copper getting hurt like he doesn't know the details or doesn't know the copper in question. Or wasn't literally there to see the whole thing unfold. He tries to excuse himself as politely as he can, telling Whitney he'll speak to her later, and chokes up at her offer to talk. I think the thought of telling someone scares him, and not just because it would mean reliving it but because it means telling people it's his fault, in his head, and he doesn't want to have to admit that. Back at the flat, Callum's returned and he's had a shower, sitting on the sofa in his dressing gown and fiddling with his wedding ring, something which I choose to believe is him subconsciously trying to draw strength from it. Ben emerges from one of the bedrooms and comments on Callum's attire, or lack of, joking that he thought they weren't doing presents and asks if he should turn around so Callum can put a bow around his waist. It's sweet, Ben letting Callum know that he wants him with a little bit of teasing. And Callum thinks so too and appreciates it, with that little smile, but he's distracted with the thought of what happened earlier. When he doesn't tease back, Ben picks up that something's not quite right, 
He looks around almost as if he's looking for their usual dynamic where Ben cracks a joke and Callum either half-heartedly tells him off or jokes right back. But there's nothing, and that's unusual. Ben checks that he's alright, perhaps worrying that Callum might not be because Ben's asked him to quit the police and Callum looks at him then, the very definition of putting on a brave face. He could have told Ben at this moment, but he chose not to, for the reasons I said before about feeling shame, but also maybe because he doesn't want to worry Ben after all that talk about Fitzy's girlfriend worrying about the job. After a little hesitation, Callum then stands up and puts on a little cockiness, asking Ben if he wants his present or not, a comment that conveniently leaves no room for talking. And Ben smiles like the cat that got the cream in response, though in my opinion, not just because he was about to get some, but because it somewhat reassured him that they were okay, at least. As for Callum's decision to resort to sex, I think it was less about distracting Ben and more about Callum distracting himself, getting out of his own head because it's a technique he's used in the past for Ben, namely when Ben was feeling Dennis loss on the sofa post-kidnap. Callum gets comfort from sex, or rather, sex with Ben specifically, kitchen kiss anyone? Even Park scene was a response to Callum feeling lonely and in despair. I think the focus on the wedding ring at the start of the scene was deliberate, representing Callum wanting to seek comfort slash distraction. When Callum hasn't been in the mood before, he's made it clear, thinking about the neck kiss on the sofa when he was distracted by worry about Whitney and Leo, so in this case I think it's not about him doing something he doesn't want to do, but doing something he hopes will make him feel better. Plus I think Ben would have picked up on it if he wasn't into it and stopped, because they're not making him out to be oblivious, he knows something is up. Cut to a post-shag scene a la car lot deskgate, with Callum zipping up his hoodie and Ben pulling his shirt down. Ben jokes that he didn't get dessert because he figured they could go to their favorite spot in the park instead for round two. Our favorite spot is either a tease about that night specifically, or perhaps a little hint they've been back since. The beauty of headcanons. Callum huffs out a laugh at the mention of round two. Love that little throwback to their first time, even though Callum wasn't really in the headspace to consider a round two back then. But it leads rather nicely into Ben revealing that he got Callum something too, unwrapped because Callum didn't wrap his present up either so it's fair. I'm not sure if he's just referring to the lack of a bow around Callum's waist, or maybe something a little bit naughtier, it's a Johnny O'Neill episode, you never know, but Callum laughs, all sweet and embarrassed and fond. He takes Ben's present, who declares that they're matching now, and it's a wallet, with CH on the front just like the BM engraved wallet Callum gave to Ben the Christmas before last, which ended up helping Ben make the decision to stay in Walford while Phil and Louise went off to Portugal. So cute, even though it seems like they're keeping their names, meaning no Callum Mitchell for now at least. There's more, as Callum's encouraged to open it up to reveal a picture of Ben and Callum on their wedding day, with Lexi in the middle. Callum's little family. And we stay on that picture as Ben talks about how far they've come and what they've been through in the two years since that night at the park. Acknowledging its anniversary despite all the circumstances surrounding it is acknowledging how life-changing it was for both of them. And I can't lie, the fact that it's canon that they remember the date and choose to celebrate it pleases me greatly. Sabi gets. Callum's face as he looks at the photo is so heartachingly fond, as Ben tells him, not for the first time, how lucky he is. In fact, he's the luckiest man in the world. As he's telling Callum of his belief that they can get through anything because they're together, Callum's looking at him and clinging to his words, and the wallet, with loads of tiny little nods. It helps him gather the courage to begin telling Ben about what happened today, until Ben stops him. 
Because Ben thinks Callum is about to give him an answer about quitting the police and Ben doesn't want him to have to make that choice, it's something he's realized after his assertion that they can get through anything together. He admits it was a long shot, another sign he wasn't forcing the issue, and refers to their dynamic, the robber and the copper, and that's how it works. And that was working for them, before the Thompson issue came to light. It's still a valid concern that Callum might be put in that position again, but Ben's here offering to figure out another compromise because he now sees that asking Callum to quit is asking him to change who he is, and Ben loves who Callum is. Nice parallel to the day of Callum's first police assessment where Ben was putting aside his reservations to support Callum's choice and accepting that if Callum joining the police is who he is then he'll support that. It's a case of Ben believing Callum at his word about the job being who he is, just as Callum's feeling pretty unsure about whether that's true. Ben's doing his best to make Callum feel loved and supported because he's under the impression that Callum doesn't want to quit, or has no reason to want to, or just more generally shouldn't have to because Ben asked him to. Unfortunately his conviction that being a cop is who Callum is and he doesn't want him to change that means that Callum feels under pressure as a result, maybe even imagining an implication that having other people's blood on his hands is who he is. That, plus Ben's suggestion that they don't talk about work and instead separate Callum's job from their relationship, means Callum clams up, feeling unable to talk about Fitzy or his feelings of self-blame. Ben assures Callum that his own feelings about Callum being in the police won't last, the difficulties he's experiencing with it will get it easier. But it's the same wording that Arthur's used previously to refer to Callum's guilt, that Callum just has to wait it out, and even though Ben doesn't know anything about it, it panics Callum. Because from Arthur's it was basically a dismissal, and hearing those words from Ben, who sticks to it even after Callum puts forth the idea that it won't get easier, there's maybe some fear there that Ben will have the same response to Callum's struggle, to basically get over it. And of course Ben's telling Callum that he'll get over his wobble to make him feel better, but when Callum's thinking about his own wobble, it lands different. It's a lot, and Callum needs some air, turning down Ben's offer to come with him. Ben's a little taken aback at the abruptness and Callum can tell, so he tries to assure him that it's just a minute he needs. Turns out that Callum's returned to the scene of the crime, just staring at the place where it happened, which is still cordoned off. It's almost like this emotional form of self-harming, revisiting it deliberately to enforce those unpleasant memories. He tries to walk away, but then has a bit of a breakdown and winds up doing the physical self-harm, punching a brick pillar just to try and feel less guilty about Fitzy getting hurt because of him. And obviously not the first time we've seen Callum getting violent on himself almost like a form of justice. And for the third episode in a row, a record, Callum gets the duff duff as he looks to the sky in despair. Something that can't really be overlooked though is the optics of this scene in particular, and something I've touched a little bit on more generally in earlier posts. But I figured I'd leave it to my partner in crime Aaron to explain it more directly and in detail. Greater than when East Enders makes a conscious decision to hone in on the mural that was painted on their set in response to the Black Lives Matter protests last summer, to focus in on the face of a black woman, particularly particularly in the context of discussions around police violence against black women, and then scan over to a crime scene where an officer was stabbed and his colleague is displaying signs of distress and trauma because of it, they are making a point, whether deliberate or not. Because if it was deliberate, then it is an appalling act of propaganda. you can find out more about this in my thread, that serves to both sides the issue of police brutality when in reality it is many times more dangerous to be a civilian encountering the police than to be a police officer and influence our perceptions of the police and the Black Lives Matter movement. And, if it wasn't deliberate, 
then it is indicative of the awful whiteness that permeates the upper echelons of the show that not one person took a step back and realized the issue with what they were doing. Greater than. Greater than a queerly autistic. On to episode 2 of our Tuesday double bill, which sees Ben approaching a lost-looking Callum in the cafe. It takes a while for Callum to cotton on to the fact that Ben's talking to him, and it doesn't take a genius to figure out that something's not quite right, that he's distracted. Callum explains he couldn't sleep when Ben wonders why he wasn't there when he woke up, and Ben then goes on to guess he's not on shift today if he sat in the calf, unless he's investigating a dodgy bacon sandwich, of course, it implies that Callum maybe is meant to be on shift right now. But Callum informs him he's in work after lunch, and they don't exactly need him out there, obviously referring to the stabbing incident. I guess there's still a lot of buzz around the area, something even Ben's picked up on as he makes comment on it. I'm wondering if Callum really is going into work after lunch, our later scene suggesting he maybe isn't. Anyway, it's not clear on whether Ben knows it was even another copper that was stabbed, let alone Fitzy, but he tries to make small talk about the amount of police gathered around, which is quite funny to me because of course there would be, it's one of their own. I see it as either a commentary from Ben about that very thing, or from the writer of the EP herself, it hits too close to a nerve for Callum discussing the stabbing, so he reminds Ben about the agreement to not talk about work. Ben holds his hands up in surrender and is quiet for a moment, until he sees the plasters on Callum's knuckles, which is something he must not have seen the night before. Maybe Callum stuck it on in the minute mart on the way home and managed to hide it until they went to bed. Ben's concerned, but Callum brushes it off, telling him he caught it in the door at the minute mart, and Ben takes him at his word, mostly, with a quip about hitting Sookie with a claim because it doesn't look like nothing. He's distracted by an incoming call from Kirit, and seems like it might be important, but he's hesitant about leaving Callum at first, not convinced he's alright, even when Callum tries to assure him he is. Ben even asks if it's anything to do with what they talked about, referring to not talking about the job, which would be a good guess considering Callum brought it up earlier in the scene, but Callum insists he take Kirit's call, kindly but also leaving no room for argument. And so Ben leaves him to it to answer the phone. Ben isn't being oblivious, which is important, I think he's trying to demonstrate that he trusts Callum to talk to him if something's wrong. It's just that Callum's struggling with his thoughts and finding that difficult. Later, Callum enters the Vic and is immediately face to face with Whitney, who's just heard about Cat being mugged by the guy who stabbed a copper. Cat calls his name, and Phil rolls his eyes and mockingly calls him PC Plod, in case we were unaware of his disdain for Callum. Cat asks him about what's going on outside, having heard about the stabbing, and she's heard it's a copper, so makes me wonder again whether Ben knows that. Callum tries to shut the conversation down by telling her he can't tell her anything, but she presses on with what she's heard, and he reluctantly admits there was a struggle. Well, not sure about a struggle, Fitz just turned towards the mugger and he got knifed. But Callum's trying to be vague so he doesn't have to think about it too much. He also has to admit to Phil that they did get to the culprit, he escaped. Which, considering proving Phil wrong was the reason he insisted on chasing the mugger, is an extra kick in the teeth. Cat says he hopes the copper is alright, and Callum's thinking the same, almost lost in the thought until Phil comments on the fact he hasn't moved, asking if he wants a medal or something, how's that for a struck nerve? It prompts Whitney to snap at him to give it a rest, especially seeing that something's not right with Callum, and then they all watch as Callum excuses himself with another promise to see her later. Callum winds up at Ruby's, maybe having realized he can't stay in the Vic. He's definitely avoiding everyone as much as he can, 
fiddling with his hands, beer bottle to the side. Keegan, who's working, approaches him having heard what happened and there's a nice conversation where with a reference to Keegan's own experience with stabbing back in 2018, where his best friend Shackle died, aka Kush's brother. He's able to tell Callum exactly how long ago it was, never forgetting the date, and there's bitterness there as he reckons everyone else has. They ask each other if they're okay, a sweet moment. They don't interact much, and less common interactions are some of the most interesting, especially if they come together over a shared experience. It's also something we haven't really had a lot of recently due to COVID filming bubbles, so to get this was nice. While Keegan tells Callum he's okay, Callum can't assure Keegan of the same thing, and instead he pulls out of the topic by asking Keegan for another beer. And Keegan seems to know what he's doing and what it means that he didn't answer, but lets it lie and goes to get his beer. Then Whitney enters, approaching Callum once more. Callum speaks first, commenting on how he thought he'd be the last person she'd want to see, after everything that happened before the wedding. Whitney focuses on the fact that Callum isn't okay, telling him she knows he's not, and then Callum just admits the truth, that the cop who got stabbed was his partner and he thinks it's all his fault. It's easier to tell someone who has a bit of distance from you, I guess, and who you aren't as worried about letting down. Especially if you've bottled things up, it then all comes out at once. As Whitney sits down, Callum pulls out the engagement ring with a shaky hand and explains that Fitzy asked him to give it to his girlfriend, but he admits he can't. I think because that's admitting to himself that Fitzy won't make it to give it to her himself. What also happens at this moment is easily missed, but I think it's deliberate, Keegan starts to approach the table with the beer Callum ordered, but he sees Whitney there and backs away. Whether he was just being sensitive because he could see Callum confiding in someone, or because he finds it odd that Callum's confiding in Whitney, remains to be seen. Whitney then asks about Ben, and Callum tells her he can't tell him, he doesn't know how, after they agreed not to talk about work and it hasn't escaped his mind that Ben never wanted him doing the job, especially after it cost him his relationship with Phil. I guess there's maybe an implication there that Callum wants Ben to feel like that sacrifice wasn't for nothing, a certain pressure to stand by it, which I get. And he might even be worried now about disappointing Ben, if being a cop is now somehow wrapped up in who Callum is and that Ben loves him for that. There are a lot of complicated feelings at play here, no doubt about that. Whitney reminds Callum that keeping secrets from your other half, especially your husband, is no good for either of you, which is of course a callback to Callum admitting the truth to Whitney about being gay. She's actually acknowledging here that the truth was good for them and better than if Callum had continued to keep it from her. Callum panics a bit, mainly because she has a point and he knows that, but he's already kept the truth from Ben at this stage. And of course he's just struggling in general, the trauma paralyzing him in a way where it's maybe not rational to keep it from Ben. Whitney offers to be there, like she did the previous day, but warns him that if he doesn't have honesty, what has he got? Which, under the circumstances, is a bit shady of her to say. It's quite the choice to uplift honesty to that extent when you know you're not being honest. And that's the thing with Whitney offering help to Callum while he's in the dark about what she did, it undermines it. What have they got if honesty isn't there? She knows how Callum will feel if he knew about the hit and run. And it's that knowledge that's the problem. So, we'll see where this Callum and Whitney stuff is going, because I hope there is a point where the hit and run comes out, even if it hurts Callum even more to know he confided in Whitney whilst being unaware she tried to kill Ben. Because that's personal. Lots of things going on, Callum's trauma, Ben's suspicions that he's not alright, the ongoing tension with Phil. We'll see how it pans out.